Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening and being a part of Mama Said, and thanks in advance for supporting these sponsors in this episode. They help us have this much fun with you every week for free. So enjoy the show. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. No one said being a parent would be easy, but now you don't have to go through it alone. Actress and mother of two, Jamie Lynn Sigler, has teamed up with musician and stay-at-home mother of two, Jenna Paris, to create a safe place where you can confess your worst mommy sins and still feel like you're killing the mommy game. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Hey, mamas. Hope everyone is doing well today. We have such a special guest for you. We have Tracy Tudor. She is from Million Dollar Listing, if you didn't know that already. And she's here to talk to us about all of the challenges and rewards of raising kids as a single parent and all of the new challenges of co-parenting and really just helping remove the shame attached to kids that have parents who divorce. So listen up. It's a very, very cool episode and we hope you enjoy. But first, let me tell you about Progressive. Support for today's episode comes from Progressive Insurance. Fun fact, Progressive customers qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up for Progressive Auto Insurance. Discounts for things like enrolling in automatic payments, insuring more than one car, going paperless, and of course, being a safe driver. Plus, customers who bundle their auto with home or add renter's insurance save an average of 12% on their auto. There are so many ways to save when you switch and once you're a customer with Progressive, you get unmatched claim service with 24-7 support online or by phone. It's no wonder why more than 20 million drivers trust Progressive and why they've recently climbed to the third largest auto insurer in the country. Get a quote online at Progressive.com in as little as five minutes and see how much you could be saving. And now back to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie. Hi, guys. I'm Jenna. And welcome to Mama Said. How are you, Jenna? I'm okay. Um, I'm, <laughs> I think you, you only know. say that. I'm okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, like, yeah. there's really just, you know, same old shit. And that's it. How are you? Well, let's, I'm fine, too. Let's break up the same old shit and let's pick out a win and a fail for you. Okay, so um, a win for me is that I, this is like not like a win. Okay, so <laughs> basically, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, I don't have a, a lot of wins these days. But um, what's something that made you smile I, this week? I don't know. Well, this didn't make me smile, but um, so I told you I had, I have like a sinus infection. You know that last year I started getting sinus infections on the regular so bad. And I like, didn't know what was going on. So I guess I'm prone to sinus infections now. And I looked back in my calendar. It was last summer. So like, I guess like the summer months, maybe it has allergies. I don't know. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe I have allergies, but anyway, I have a sinus infection again, but I wanted to make sure it wasn't COVID. Mm -hmm. So, um, because a lot of my friends are getting COVID and they're not getting respiratory anything. You have friends getting COVID? I've had friends getting COVID. A whole, one of my family, what, a whole family that I know just got COVID oh. and they were very super safe. So they don't know how they got it. But anyway, I asked her because when I get sinus infections, I get really lethargic. I feel like I can sit down and go to sleep. Oh yeah. I feel like I have um, vertigo a lot mm-hmm. of the times, And then I have just like this headache. So I asked my friend, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys got it. Are you okay? I was like, what, you know, what's the deal? Like, are, are you respiratory? Are you like coughing? And she's like, nothing. I'm just really sleepy. And she did lose her sense of taste and, taste smell, and smell, um, which is like a surefire way to know that yeah. you're COVID. 
I don't have any of that. Um, I, I know my body and I know that this is a sinus infection, but I just wanted to, you know, be a good citizen. You got to. And get tested. So I went today. I had never gotten tested before. I really haven't been anywhere. And um, I went and it, I did the rapid testing. I paid money to get uh, results in 20 minutes and I am negative. It's 20 um, minutes? 20 minutes. It was the Q-tip up to my brain, basically. Oof. And um, How did that feel? It, you know, I, I said to the guy, I go, which one is this? Like the mouth swab or the nose? He goes, the nose. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Is it the really high up one? He goes, no, it's not. And then shoves it up my nose. I'm like, Ugh. honestly, if I can handle it, anyone can. Okay. Um, so I did it and it fe- I felt like I needed to do it because I'm taking my kids to the dentist tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt like it was my duty to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. It's the first time I felt like shit in four months. So there you go. So that's my win. Um, my win is I got tested. And you're negative for COVID. And I'm negative for COVID. No, my win is that I got tested. Okay. But um, my fail, by the way, why am I so fucking hyper right now? What just happened? Um, my <laughs> fail is that, um, you know, I fucking let my kids watch TV all day to day. We didn't go outside once. They watched so much TV and when they were what watching the TV, I kept putting it on. My children to do that, please. When I say that, Daisy doesn't sit there. Like, I'm more like catering towards Daisy while Milo's watching TV. Okay. All right. I then I'm, away- I, can, I can do that. Yeah. I took away TV last week, all week. Not one TV show during the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Milo was getting, re- he was acting up, and I was like, TV's gone. That's it. It was wonderful. This week, not so much. I needed that TV mm-hmm. because I have a sinus infection and I am not well. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to start antibiotics. But I got to say, no TV was amazing for my children. But today I had to do it. I had to put it on all day. Got to balance these days. And I know it's, it's not something I should be feel guilty about, but I did and I do. And I'm telling you right now, I feel guilty about it. And, um, and I'm telling you, I wish... I was you, yeah. so don't feel guilty. I know. So that's that. I, that's that's my fail. Like, I could have gotten my... Oh, I didn't have a car either. So, like, really, I was stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well... Okay, what about you? My win is that um, Jack started preschool this week. Oh. His preschool opened. Um, it opened, and only half the families decided to send their kids. All the teachers are masked. No parents are allowed on campus. So... I showed up day one and gave him to the teacher at a fence. He, He's never he even been in there. Oh, I thought I told you. No. So day one, he kind of cried for like a minute. And then she sent me a video 20 minutes later of him, had his banky and his lovey for like security, but like really gravitated towards one teacher who kind of looks like me. Oh. And we're three days in. He's taken a nap there twice. Oh, shit. Like, she sends me a picture of him sleeping and, like, waking up. He's the only boy. There's him and five girls and three teachers. It's Love that. In, the, in their whole building. Love. And I'm – and they take their temperature, take our temperature. All the – again, parents are masked. We're not allowed on the campus. They're doing all – this is a school Are you with Harper? The little girl Harper Huddle? Two dads? No. Oh. <laughs> I no, met a little but- girl Harper in his class today that has two dads. Oh, okay. Maybe not. No, you know, Alex Huddle. 
No, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if she's a ladybug or not. I'll have to ask her. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so that's my win. I'm so proud of Jack Jack. Look, I mean, the first day he cried, the second day he didn't. Today he cried when I dropped him off, but I know it's going to yeah, be back it's and forth. Flow. Like, he sends me videos of him eating lunch and marching around with the little girls and like jumping on colors. And I just judge if you want. This is our decision for our family. We mm-hmm. think it was best. That being said, I miss him all fucking day. Like, it's so weird to not have him in the house. Oh, um, I know. Oh but God. now I've, like, I'm taking this, like, new freedom with him being gone that Bo has become so kind of into his Roblox and yeah. his iPad and FaceTiming with his friends and playing video games with him that, like, for the past three days I've kind of, like, retreated in my room and done my work and whatnot and then I come out and I'm like he's like I'll come with you to pick up Jack and I realize like this is my fail like I haven't played with my other one like Mm -hmm. at all yeah and then in the afternoon when his brother comes home like I took them I take them swimming every afternoon I'm I am literally the most tan I've ever been in my life because all I am but he's like even getting out of the pool to go back to play video games with his friends yeah and I talked to what his friend, his main friend that he plays with all the time to his mom and his mom spoke to his therapist. Cause she's like, I, he's addicted. Like yeah. he's on this all day and I don't know what to do. And I had to talk with Bo about it too. But Bo said, he's like, mommy, but this makes me happy. I'm playing with my friends. Mm, and the, ther- the therapist told her, he's like, right now, mm-hmm. this is their connection. And you, you can't take it away from them. You can limit wow. it. Like I make today, I I had my nanny today because I had a lot of work. And so today I said to him, you have to do four Legos. I want completed four Legos. So you can break that up with your time with your Roblox. But there's like, this, this is when you're eating. This is your Legos to do. And this is, you can carve out Roblox time. And so my nanny's amazing. And she like said that from 11 to 1230, he had to do stuff with her, whether it was color, Legos, everything. And he was reading the clock. And seeing when it turned 1230 so he could go back. So cute. But, you know, and by the way, I downloaded Roblox because he thought it would be super cool if I had like a character on it. And I ain't going to lie. So the first day he went, Jack went to preschool, I sat in my car the entire time on the street. Like for for the nine to two. two I don't even know what it is. 9 a.m. to two o'clock. I sat in my car outside his preschool, like just in case he was going to have a meltdown because I'm a psycho. But I played Roblox the entire time. I, I had and, to, and I my have husband to was like, that might be why I have a neck problem. Seriously? Like my husband was like, you're disgusted. Like what is wrong? It's stupid. You like, there's like a million different games to play. I can't even describe it. You don't even know, but I wish I bought stock in it. That's all I was to say. Yeah. That shit's wow. probably worth a billion dollars. Anyway, those are the win fails, but my Jack Jack's all grown up. I can't. Aww. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with Tracy Tudor of Bravo's Million Dollar Listing LA. We are going to talk all about her new book, Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word, um, and how she co-parents and navigates co-parenting of her two daughters. So we'll be right back. 
Support for today's episode also comes from Carefree Breathe. Carefree Breathe offers a line of skin-friendly pads and panty liners that go beyond leak protection to keep your skin dry and irritation-free. It's clinically tested by dermatologists to meet sensitive skin standards. They're free from fragrances, dyes, and harsh irritants. And there's an air-infused cover with a soft touch feel which keeps your skin dry. And for light days, reach for their panty liners. And when you need more protection, they have got you covered with their super and overnight absorbency so when periods happen stay protected and help prevent feminine discomfort with carefree breathe ultra thin pads for more information or to buy check it out on amazon or walmart.com or you may find it at your local grocery store or cbs this is mama said with jamie and jenna okay we are back today's guest is an author a real estate agent and a star of bravo's hit million dollar listing la the only female agent might i add Um, She's also a mama of two daughters, Juliet and Scarlett, and she has a new book out, Fear is a Four-Letter Word. You can pre-order it now, and it's out July 14th. Please welcome Tracy Tudor to the show. Hi, Tracy. Guys, how are you? We're, you know, it's set, that's always such a loaded question, but like, especially now it's such a loaded question. Jenna and I have done our bitching. How are you? How have the past few months been treating you? I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) With quotes. Yeah, we were laughing just before this started, if you guys only knew, but, but um, you know, good days and bad. There are yeah. some moments where I want to, like, stab my eyes out and um, have this all come to a very, like, bitter end, and then other days where I wake up and I'm totally grateful that I'm healthy and mm-hmm. everything's, like, cruising along. It's just, it's like, I don't know, I want to say, like, one to two days a week is just a little rough. I, I think you're not totally alone agree. Yeah, I think we're all feeling that. And I think that, and I say it and I'm repeating it because I'm preaching to the choir here is that I think we have to remind ourselves that that's okay. Cause then, you know, we can start in that whole, you know, roller coaster of feeling guilty for feeling bad, but we have to let ourselves feel all the things because nothing is what we're used to anymore. No, so it's hard. not at all. I wonder if there's going to be a time where we can't really say that anymore. I wonder if this is it and we're going to have to, this is what we're used to. And when, when will that happen? Has it already happened? Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm like looking at things as almost a new normal and I'm not waiting for things to change right now. I'm trying to just see how this is it now. I totally agree. I feel like if if I'm going to continue to wait for things to Mm -hmm. like correct themselves, um, and we all go back to like living our lives, you know, up until February 15th, really, then yeah, we're all, I, I just feel like I'm in for a rude awakening. So I am doing like the whole, this is the new situation. I'm just not that thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very well said. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we are so happy to have you on the show. This is a bright spot in our day and for, I know for our listeners. So before we talk about your new book and the new season of Million Dollar Listing, um, we know that you're a force, like you're a role model, you're incredibly successful, you are a strong woman, you have great work ethic, um, but we all know even the most well-equipped human, um, when faced with parenting, has its incredible challenges. And you have two gorgeous daughters, Juliet and Scarlett, which are how old? How old are they? Uh, Juliet is 14 and a half, going on like 25, <laughs> Scarlett's going to be 12 next month. Wow. Oh, how special. Well, you know, a lot of our listeners out there have older kids, but are also single mamas out there. And I think that um, 
on behalf of them, Jenna and I are so grateful to you that you're willing to be open enough to talk to us a bit about um, how you sort of navigated co-parenting um, and how you can also be a single mom and have a successful career. I mean, I think we think you're really inspiring and we're, again, really grateful that you're willing to talk about this with us because we think it's an important topic um, that other mamas out there need to hear about. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, you know, that's an ever adjusting um, attitude for me. And mm-hmm. yesterday was one of those days I was telling you guys right before we, we got on to do this, that, you know, good days, bad days. And, and uh, even in parenting, and if I'm being totally honest, that's like the toughest part. And, you know, we, you know, we're going back and forth and we're always in constant communication about the kids. And yesterday I was like, you know what? Not today. Today is not about you. Today is about mm. me. So, and I think that single moms struggle with that a lot because we are sort of traditionally the head of household and, you know, most single moms now are working in addition right. to being the traditional head of the single household. And then on top of that, they have that, that guilt that comes into their minds about how their kids feel about them being back in the workplace and navigating, by the way, Oh, God forbid a relationship. So, you know, there's all these different pieces of it that we have to go through as women, um, of divorce. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just think that that's, it's something that we don't talk about enough. So I'm glad you guys are having me on for that reason, because I'm grateful to be able to, and I am open about it because I just don't think that there's any other way to go about it. I think it sends the wrong message to our kids. And um, I think it's important for our little girls, particularly mine to grow up feeling like if it doesn't work out for them in their marriage or however they define having a interpersonal relationship, with another person, mm-hmm. then that's okay. And mm-hmm. I think that right. like reframing that entire concept should be more commonplace. I mean, we're talking about so many things today, like yeah. you know, black lives matter, equality for women in pay, like, and in the workforce. And there's just so many things that like everybody's speaking up about yet. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that like still isn't acceptable. And that's just weird. Yes. Like, why can't we talk about marriage and divorce in a completely different um, vocabulary? In a different way. Yeah. We should, because I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people out there that I know that stay in marriages because they think it's going to be better for their children. Right. And it's so dysfunctional and unhealthy, but it's been ingrained in them for so long that that's the answer. And I just feel like, says who? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to like trust your gut and your instinct and the relationship that you have with your children to be able to survive that. And I just think it's important that we all can lean on each other in that way. You know, I think, Absolutely. I think you have to be a really strong woman to, um, and a man, whichever way, you know, yeah. to, to leave a relationship. I mean, my parents got divorced when I was maybe four and a half, five. And I don't know how when you got divorced, Tracy, but, um, I was young and I barely remember them together. But what I do know is that I remember them being amicable and I remember them both being at every single, uh, recital and, and show and everything together. And that to me meant more than 
anything. And it felt normal. And it really well, did. It, and is it like an interesting thing that like, I don't know. And you guys, you can probably answer this better than most. It's like, is it what you remember because you were young enough to where the memories that you created, you know, with your new version of your family were such, like, I always think about that. Like, if you think about your guys' friends who I know, like, if, if you're human and yeah. in particular, and you have those conversations, you know, with your best, best, closest friends, like, should I leave? Should I stay? Mm-hmm. The kids are so young. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like the question becomes, do you do what makes you happy when they're younger and less, I don't know, um, they have, have less understanding. You're able to create this dynamic that's new and fresh for, you know, these kids that their only experience and memories of the two of you being apart and healthy. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I, I think I, I don't, I, I only know what I know when I was young. So I think if there's an age where you're going to get divorced and your kids are at a certain age, I feel like maybe young is easier. And, you know, I have those wonderful memories, hardly of them being together. I have, you know, pictures in my memory, but, but, but I do have wonderful memories of them being divorced, my mother being remarried and my dad being remarried. And I have so many wonderful memories. And I, I, I rarely, I don't, I don't think I ever have felt a negative, a negativity towards them being divorced, which now I'm even realizing like that was never, um, that was never a negative feeling in my bone. In my bone. I think on the other side of it though, with Tracy, what you were saying, I, I mean, I think it, it pertains to the, all the conversations of what we're saying, even in the times right now of, of Corona, where our kids have seen many different sides of us that maybe we try to protect them from because, you know, we have, you know, a level of stress and anxiety and, you know, fear that we've never had before. But I think that, you know, all relationships are always changing. Friendships are always changing. Jobs are changing. There's always change in your life. That's the one thing that's inevitable. And I think that, you know, if your kids are older, and again, I haven't gone through this, but I can only, you know, ask you, it, they're still seeing that you're, you're taking, you're doing what's right for yourselves, which then benefits everyone else because you're going to be better people and parents and you're making a choice that's, that's right for you and for your own happiness. And to me, I mean, that's the greatest example you could ever set for any, any child ever. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue that I remember, which was, I was 10 years old when my parents Mm -hmm. got divorced. I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. And I think that my kids will also have probably a similar memory because it's been two years. And so they were effectively like, I think it's like nine, they were like nine and 12, I think like at the time. Um, But I just remember thinking and talking to my ex-husband about it and saying, you know, let's come from a place of this isn't working for us anymore not as a family unit and not as a dynamic that we think is going to grow into anything that's going to get better. And all families have Mm. ups and downs. Like these are the messages we share with our kids, Mm. right? Like everybody has ups and downs. You're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have ups and downs, but we stick together because we are a family. And I just feel like that message is so distinctly different from how it should be. And so when, when Jason and I sat down with the girls 
we were just very honest that this wasn't working for us anymore. Mm-hmm. Like not in a way that we felt was going to function for them. And it was a hard conversation. And did they have a ton of questions for you. They guys? did. And we had the answers because I had put a lot of thought into that about what their questions would be like, where is daddy going to live? What is going to take place? How often are we going to see each other? Are we going to spend holidays together? Like they think of everything. And we had a lot of those answers. And some of the answers were that we don't have the answers to that yet. And so there was, there was a lot of sort of, we're going to figure this out as we go, but we never like, we never went down the road of mom and dad have this figured out a hundred percent and we'll keep you posted. We were like, this is going to be a learning curve for all of us. Mm-hmm. Jason and I had been together for almost 18 years. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, had our kids together when I was 30 years old. So it's a long time. And that parting the ways like that is, is incredibly difficult to kind of sort out, God, how are we even going to feel about this in six sure. months, in one year from now? In And, you know, now I'm in a whole different place. In two years, two and a half years, like things are constantly evolving. And I, you know, the, like, I, the only thing I have noticed over and over with my girls is that we talk, we have to talk. We talk about it all the time. They ask me uncomfortable questions all of the time. I answer them with 1000% honesty. So long as I'm not throwing my co-parent under the bus. Yes. Um, but you know, I do the best that I can to be as forthright with them so that they feel safe and comfortable with the scenario. And that's it. And because of that, I think they're well-adjusted teenagers that have like a grip on reality, not, and how we all live versus It's like this idea in their head that mom and dad are going to be married for the rest of their life. And that's how it's supposed to go. And I'm going to continue thinking like that in 2020 when I know very well that that is not the case for more than 50% probably 75% of, you know, the people that we all know. I'm sure it makes them. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it makes them feel. Increase. Yeah. I'm sure it makes them feel better too, that they, they're part of the conversation with you. Like nothing's happening behind their backs. Like there's nothing happening that they don't know about. I can only exactly. imagine how healthy and wonderful that is. And for their, their own like sense of security within their family, that they can have these conversations with you and that they are, I think that's really admirable. Well, and not to say that there aren't dark days. Like when I sure. chose to move and change our home after this divorce, mm-hmm. And start fresh. That was like a really difficult. They grew up in that, that house, and that's right. featured on the show a little bit. And it was definitely a struggle. And I don't think I realized how hard it was going to be for them. So it was like an evolving thing for me. That while I was in it, I was like, "Oh, okay." Like obviously, what I do for a living kind of takes me out of that space of like the end of a era moment mm-hmm. but for them it's their entire life it was a right. chapter for me mm-hmm. it was a novel for them mm. that's such so, a good way to look at it it's such a good analogy yeah and I think that um the best thing I did was just continue to have that dialogue and say to them now we're going to start this new 
period together and you guys are going to be a part of it. And I tried to involve them in it as much as I could so that they were part of the change and part of the evolution of it versus all of a sudden them waking up one day and being like, oh, new house, new life, new plan. Right. You go here this day, you do this this time, right. this holiday there. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I can yeah. imagine that even just being so much harder on top of, you know, just the new reality, like you said, or the, you know, new version of their life to not, to being, feel like you're being told where you have to go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, we really appreciate you like, you know, having this conversation with us and talking about this. Cause I think it's really helpful, you know, for anyone, I think even just in, in relationships in general, you know, I will, I'd say like my husband and have, have had our fair share of fights during this quarantine. And, you know, my son the other day said to me, are you guys going to break up? Cause he had overheard us having like a, an argument. And I said, that doesn't mean that I said, sometimes people feel differently about something. You can get a little upset when you feel like the other person's not understanding, but it doesn't mean that I don't love daddy. It doesn't change anything. Like you can have disagreements and there doesn't have to be change, but they're also on the flip side of the situation we're talking about. You can have disagreements that you realize you're just never going to agree and it's just better for everyone. But you know, I'm as freaked out at first I was that he, he had hurt. I thought he was sleeping, that he had heard us fighting. I was grateful to have that conversation and, you know, he's six, but you know, I, I plan to always be as open and honest as you are with, with my kids. Yeah. I mean, I think it's such a testament to like, you, you feel that like almost that pang in your heart of like, Oh my God, I, I'm, I can't believe he's asking me this question. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's because you're conditioned and we're yeah. conditioned to give like a certain response. And it's so hard to kind of stop yourself and, and, you know, as a woman or a man, like in this, in this entire dialogue and be, you know, super present about like what really is the reality of like how marriage and divorce and being a single parent, what does that look like today? And it isn't telling them a story about everybody fights and people love each other because that is the case a lot of the time. And then a lot of the time it's not. Right. And so I just, just want kids to kind of grow up and understanding those dynamics better so that maybe, maybe, you know, the divorce rate, the, the amount of people having less traditional relationships, i.e. what I'm doing right now. Right. And, you know, just really sort of living in the moment more and saying, do I, is it till death to us part? Is it? Because I'm not sure it is. And I don't want to send the message to my girls that they have to sign on the dotted line like it's a contract and it's a government document that says you can't part because yeah. until you die because that is a really tough message to be mm-hmm. telling your kids. It's like shift and be like, you know what? You absolutely can say I do to someone with the intent of it you being working out and the 10 of you growing old together and spending your lives together. But you can also have the same discussion with that, with that person about saying, and when it's not working anymore for either of us, we'll have the courage to be honest with each other and say Mm -hmm. that this was an incredible 10 years, five years, 20 years together. And we're ready for a different chapter Mm -hmm. and that can be okay. Yeah. 
I agree. And I just, before I forget, and before we have to go to break really quickly, I just remembered a conversation that I had with my son a few days ago. Um, I have a stepdad who's, you know, my dad passed away. So my stepdad, I called Danny, but I introduced him as my father because uh, he deserves that title. And so my son is always a little confused. He's like, wait, it's, but he's not your dad, but he's your stepdad. I said, yes, he's my stepdad. You know, my mom, uh, Bubby, my mother got uh, divorced. And I was telling, I was like, God, what am I doing? Like, I'm just going to straight up tell my four-year-old this. And I was like, my, my mom got divorced. Bubby got divorced when I was little. And, and my dad did too. And they both remarried. So I, you know, I have step parents, I have uh, Doreen and I have Papa. And he's like, so you mean I could have two moms if I wanted to? <laughs> and I'm like, you can maybe, but I, I, right I now, daddy, that. we're not getting divorced. Right now, we're not getting divorced. You're like, I'll like, let you know. Yeah, I was like, okay. he was like, I want two mommies though. And I'm like, okay, all right. But that's like such a great, that's such a great message. And I actually have the similar situation. And I know that we have to go to break, but similar situation with, with my mom. And she remarried um, Horst, who's been essentially a second father to me for yeah. many, many years. And they're now as grandparents and he turned 80 years old last week and my mom is 73 mm-hmm. raising my brother who passed away his mm-hmm. daughter who is 12 years old oh, so yeah. they go to school they go to school every day and do drop off and go to tennis lessons and all of these crazy things yeah. so you've got an 80 year old my 80 year old stepdad is raising my brother's daughter and no, that's no. like, talk about like shifting away from like what's traditional, sure. like that, that's some incredible that's- like example. That's an incredible example for me as a parent and for my girls. And we talk about it all the time. Yeah. What, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I had a brother that passed away as well. So I'm so sorry, but it's also a beautiful story. I mean, that sounds like it should be a movie. You should write that or get and someone you know to. <laughs> what's that? Like a Nicholas Sparks book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah, totally. yeah, it's an incredible story. All right, well, we'll leave you all just for a moment. I'm going to be right back with Tracy to talk about all about the new season of Million Dollar Listing LA and her new book, Fear is a Four-Letter Word. We'll be right back. Welcome, Welcome to the Related Podcast. My name is Carly Bible. And my name is Amanda Bible. And we are two sisters that are obsessed with inner and outer beauty and everything in between. We hope to inspire you and bring you behind the scenes to discuss all things related to our lives. And nothing is off limits. <laughs> you can download new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. Okay, we're back. Um, first off, Tracy, congratulations on the book. Um, that's a huge moment. Um, so tell us what prompted you to write this book. I just felt like, obviously, being the only woman on a franchise, not even mm-hmm. a show, but a, a multi-franchise program, um, it was important that I was able to speak to women about my experience. I didn't come on to this show and get a career. Mm-hmm. I had a career mm-hmm. and right. then came to the show when I guess I felt ready to sort of put myself out there completely authentically because reality is just a completely different animal. And once I did, I sat down after the first season and I said, God, and you know, Jason, and I had gone through a divorce. I was 
sort of harboring that quietly my entire first season on the show. Mm. And at the very end, obviously it came out that I had filed for divorce and they said, you know, you know, we're going to do the, you know, end of the season sort of update. Josh and Heather mm-hmm. having their first baby. Bobby and Josh got, Bobby and Flag got married in the million dollar thing. Then Tracy got fucking divorced. You know, <laughs> so I like had this like big epiphany that, you know, that, that messaging like wasn't working for me. Yeah. And, um, and I sat down with my agents and I was like, what's, what's next? Like, how do I shift this story? Because I just really don't want to be the workaholic, like boss bitch yeah. that's on a TV show. And everybody sort of misinterprets like my entire personal and family dynamic. And he was like, well, you just said it like write a book. Uh, I was like, no, I can't write. No, <laughs> but you know, the truth is like once I sat, like they simply, it for me and they said we'll start here like do an outline mm-hmm. and send it to us of what you think your book would be about and I sat down with my friend Erica who was on my team with me and I essentially said you know me better than like anybody like I need to sit down and like do this right now and I don't really know what the hell I'm doing can you help me and at the end of that hour in a bottle of Chardonnay yeah you know, we sent off this thing to my agents and they freaked out and they were like, this is valid. This is what's happening in this movement and being the only woman on the show, you need to talk about every, all of this, your fear rising up as a woman in real estate, which by the way, everybody always talks about how men dominate. No, in fact, women do, but there's this misinterpretation of what that actually means. And I think it's just women at the executive level aren't represented in my Mm -hmm. business. We represent 63% of the community in the United States. So there's an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just thought, you know, I feel like a lot of that, like young female entrepreneurs and um, even men um, that are just climbing a ladder and feel like a little bit disconnected from how they're going to get from A to Z this was basically a book that I wanted to share because I wish I had someone talking to me that I related to in my yeah. And I think in your like twenties, like when you're trying to figure out who you are, what you're passionate about, what, how you're going to make money and, and do what you love because everybody always says, if you do what you love, it's all going to come for you. And that's also not true all the time. Right. But you know, it's like being passionate about something and then, putting the the work into it and having the grit to like push through it is what sort of, in my opinion, brings success. And I thought, thought, I want to share that with people and all my failures and the lessons that I've learned. And so that's why I wrote the book. Amazing. I just want to go back to like the fact that you just like, you took that of them like wrapping up like your whole life in just like that you got divorced at the end of a season and just being like, no, that's not okay. Like, bravo, no pun pun intended to you. Because I just, you know, that's not not an easy reaction or or a natural reaction necessarily to have. You know, you could, could, someone could have not taken the reins right there and been like, this, I'm going to change the story. And 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 I think that's awesome. And in complete candor, obviously, because I was, appearing on a show that was dominated with very powerful male personnel. Sure. 
and they're all great at what they do and they're my friends. I think the production was so concerned that I wouldn't be able to hold my own huh. in that first season. And so they were always pushing like boss bitch, boss bitch, boss bitch. And I was like, can I just do me? Because sometimes I'm a boss bitch and sometimes I'm crying and, yes. and sometimes I'm like, you know, fragile. Hi Jules. Um, and you know, I'm all of these different things and I really like, don't like that feeling of having to like force feed everybody that I am, can hang with the boys. And so that's right. nothing to prove. No, by the way, not even remotely. I'm older than all of them. I've lived more life than all of them. I had two kids before all of them knew how to like deal with having a relationship. So, you know, if anything, I was giving something to them that they were missing. And I think, um, I, I kind of found myself and found my confidence a little bit more in season two to be able to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've got the boss bitch thing down that comes organically. I don't have to like spell it out for you guys every mm-hmm. single time I'm in front of the camera. Like, let's just do what, what feels right. And I think ultimately that's been, was a really good lesson for me just in terms of like the book and, and speaking my mind. And, and yeah. you know, even today I, I had another moment about it where I was like, God, you know, there's so many things in this that when I have interviews about it or I'm talking about a particular chapter or like a moment or a time or a story where I'm like, yeah. Or that piece of advice I gave where I'm like, I didn't really follow that this week. Right. Well, like, sure. But, but here now we have your book always as a reminder, right? Yeah, I do. Let's talk like, about some of the chapter titles, which I love. Know Your Room. Quit hiding your intuition. That's one I fight with all the time. Fight like a girl. Get gritty. There's one quote. So we have these quotes here. And I read it and it like it resonated so strongly with me where it's fuel your strength, your opinion, and your response with your emotion. Just don't let it steer the ship. And I just feel that's so important because sometimes I feel like we're told to like put our emotions aside or they'll get in the way of those attributes. But I think the fact that you can honor your feelings and that they're valid, but not have them necessarily rule, but fuel. I love that so much. I feel like I'm going to like post that on my desk. No, I, 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 it's one of my favorite ones too, to be honest with you, because I just think it's just so important for us not to shut down that sort of feminine intuition and mm-hmm. that is what makes us so powerful, particularly in business and in Hollywood or, and in just the environment that we're living in every single day. But where we can go wrong sometimes is we let it drive it. And, mm-hmm. and that's when the message gets lost and we lose our effectiveness and particularly in business, because, you know, particularly in like an interpersonal relationship with a male in a business situation or personal, like if we're like, yeah, like everything we're saying is amazing, but it's just driven by so much chaos and emotion, uh-huh. like they can't hear it. Like yeah. in no universe, are they going to listen because it's just too much for them to process. And so it's like manipulating how we think about it. And, and sort of being more powerful in that moment, whether it's even being soft and vulnerable about it or being mm-hmm. like, you know, a little more in it and powerful. The last night's episode was <laughs> so incredible. 
Well, it was so good. And okay, so I watch this show. I mean, I'm obsessed with all of you guys, but I watch it because I genuinely love real estate. Like I love seeing houses. I love seeing people happy when they purchase ha- homes. Mm-hmm. I love seeing the quirky um, behaviors of some of the buyers. <laughs> like it's just beyond me. Like my husband and I last night, we're selling our home right now. And we're just like, man, our agent must like get, like, we feel so bad for John. (laughs) We are just like calling him, texting him every single second. Um, But we appreciate him so much for how much hard work he does. And we were saying like, there is so much work leading up to actually like signing the documents and making a sale. Like it's mind blowing. But last night's episode was so exciting. And I love how they honed in on you and that, Malibu house, that guy, that, <laughs> the, the developer. I mean, it was so genius. Like every, it was just so good how you handled it. And I'm just bravo, by the way. Yes. Intended, but next week on Million Dollar Listing. Yeah, can you tell us, well, what do we have to look forward to more for oh, the rest of the season? I'm so excited. Obviously, we're, we're guys, we know I don't even know. I haven't seen it. So we're not like given the oh, episode. Sh- until, are you doing like, like your? Are you do you, do you have to do anything like via Zoom right now for the show? Yes. So you are. I've seen a couple of things. You know, maybe a day or two sooner than normal, but we'll we'll generally get the episode twenty four hours before, so we can warn a client or <laughs> right. No way. And promote oh. it properly, obviously without yeah. you know just not being because we really don't know. We're not in the editing room in any way shape or form and this is all what really is going down when was that that filmed that like this that last night's episode um let's see because obviously it was pre-covid no yes it was pre-covid i think i want to say it was in the fall fall of 19 oh yeah so he um is maybe one of the biggest personalities i've ever dealt with in my entire life and and the ego on this one is, but is that real? His ego, that's real. One thousand percent authentic. Oh my god! Insanity. And this is just the beginning. Are you kidding me? I don't even know if they'll put in some of the things he said on camera because I was like, <sighs> Did you just see that? Like, are you? How do you know he's not just like doing this because a camera's on him? This is nope. just- no, no, no. He has okay. a he has a reputation that precedes himself. I mean, I, I I don't know if you remember on the episode he said I'm a beast. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, if that's any indicator of like how he views himself, yeah, I was gonna say that's quite a way to describe your, yeah, your own yeah. Mouth. You know, so you know, but I always say, you know, you have to kind of mirror the person that you're sitting across in order to like play on that level. Yeah. And that's where I was like, I'm not going to let you intimidate me. Like he was like, you look nervous. You look so nervous. <sighs> like, actually, not nervous at all. Not a little bit. Love watching you make a deal. You yeah. Know? Me too. Like, oh my gosh. But yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things where we would be shooting for that one and there's so much footage. We'll see what actually makes it to the show. Right. But it was a sweat out. Like I never, I never knew what he was going to say. I, I, I couldn't protect him if I wanted to. Um, no, we shall see. And that's not your job anyway. How, I have a so question. Excited. I know. I mean, I know Jenna's selling her house. What, can you tell us how's the market right now? Like what's Great question? 
Yeah, you know, I think it depends on the price point. It's a little bit all over the place and very volatile. I mean, it's not unlike the stock market. Like, I don't right. know what kind of bubble this is, and it could burst any minute. But, like, we're seeing the under $5 million market, really under $4 million market, move at, like, a rapid pace, obviously, for correctly priced properties. And I cannot yes. stress this enough. Like, now is not the time to be like, you know... Right. We feel our house is worth 20 more than our client, our, our agent mm. telling us that we feel it's going to trade for. And it really isn't about list price versus sale price. And we should leave ourselves 10 or 20% room mm-hmm. for negotiation. What, what do you think is the ultimate sale pricing? I'd ask your agent tomorrow, where do you actually think this is going to trade? Be totally honest. We take no offense please just tell us where you think that number is. And he'll probably give you a range that, you know, maybe could be a a $200,000 Delta. And, Mm -hmm. and at that point you have to say to yourself, are we priced incorrectly then? Because I think that's a big piece of like that market and why it's moving. Because if you price yourself correctly, we're seeing multiple offers. And then in the middle of that market, like the 5 million to 25 million, and this is LA we're talking about. So like in the grand scheme of things, everybody like adjusts your expectation to like your own markets. But obviously here, that market's a little crazy because, you know, people live in Bel Air or the Beverly Hills flats and they're like, my house is worth X. And it's like, well, is it? And then um, (laughs) ultra, you know, high, high, high end is still really... People are trading, you know, Kylie Jenner bought a $36 million property in Hobie Hills in the second week of COVID. So, you know, it's, it's shifting your expectations, I think for sellers. And if you can be really smart about that, then you're going to do well. So that's so interesting because, um, it's something that I'm going to bring up to, I mean, we aren't, we didn't price our house totally over what we think it's going to be, but it definitely, we priced it higher to go low to knowing that we were probably going to get a lower offer. Um, but that's interesting. Maybe it's too high and maybe we just need to do it as, as we think it's going to sell and go from there. Because I don't know though, because now you've already put it out there and I, I do have certain clients that there is a lot of people. I, I, I've traded three properties in the last month in, in a, a building called the addition, which is, uh, I know the addition, Los yeah. Angeles. And, yeah. and obviously there's only 20 residences. Yeah. I kept going like, why? Like, what about like, why are we moving condos right now, left and right? And the truth is because there's a mindset for buyers coming into it that they want to deal. And, you know, we were obviously able to negotiate our way, to the right number, but people are coming in 50% under the ask price all day wow. long. So if you are priced a little bit over the market, then then expect that you're going to be lowballed and just be prepared to negotiate that. And I think as right. long as those, you have that understanding of, of what your strategy is, right. then stick to it. I wouldn't say shift. Right. But it's a conversation I think that's important for you, you know, everybody to have, like depending on um, you know, the, the particular house. It's so funny. I'm, I'm wondering because of COVID and private schools and public schools, I mean, I know a lot of people in 
private school are like, oh gosh, like this is going to go virtual. I wish my kid was in public school. (laughs) Do you see a lot of people wanting to buy in the public school areas now because of COVID and they just don't want to? No, but I do see a lot. No, to be honest, no. But I do see a lot of angry, (laughs) very angry parents. (laughs) My husband's one of them. You know, yeah. because the truth is, I get it. You just don't yeah. feel like your kids are getting the same education that you signed mm-hmm. up for. But you also understand the flip side that these teachers have to work six times harder. And so it's a very like, and they have to pay for their staff. Yeah, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm I'm the one that's I mean, like always being like, "Honey, you got to get it." But my husband's one of those angry private school parents. But by the way, I'm also like, "Thank Jesus, my kids are in private school because yeah. do something. If I had to homeschool them, where would they be right now?" I yeah. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally, totally. All right, well, we're going to take another quick break. But before we wrap up up, up this section, it's July 14th is Fear is a Four-Letter Word is out, but you can pre-order it right now. And Million Dollar Listing LA airs Tuesday nights on Bravo at 9 p.m. But we will be right back because we're not letting Tracy go without a shitty mommy. Hey, I'm Autumn Calabrese, and I have a question for you. How do you do life? I might be a superstar trainer, but I'm also a boy mom, sister, daughter, friend, and entrepreneur. You might think my life is all working out and cooking healthy, delicious recipes, but trust me, there is so much more to it, and this is it. This is all of those real moments you talk about with your family and friends. Ever wonder what else life has to offer? Bring your curious appetite, and let's do life together. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and PodcastOne.com. Okay, we are back. Um, Tracy, before we get to your shitty mommy, can you tell all our listeners where they can find you and follow you on social media? Yeah, the best place to follow me is obviously on Instagram. It's where I'm probably the most active, and it's just at Tracy Tudor. Um, and so I, I look forward to seeing all of you guys there. Um, but also, if you have any real estate needs, just TracyTudor.com. Super complicated. Yes, I love it. <laughs> own it. Your own domain. Okay, well, tell us, Tracy, do you have a good shitty mommy story? I do. And unfortunately, you guys, this was not something that I did when my kids were little. This was was in COVID. Okay. All right. I like a recent one. Okay. So my teenage daughter, Juliet, came to me and had seen something on Instagram about what are these tattoos called? These like poking, poking, poking stab. I don't know. It's like a temporary tattoo. Is what I'm I'm being told. And one of my mom friends had posted that she was doing, you know, I love mom on like her, her son did I love mom on her, like her son's arm. And, you know, this spread like wildfire. So my daughter's like, can I order the poke and stick, you know, tattoo thing on Amazon? And I'm like, all right. And then, you know, sure enough, she's never been more excited until the poke and stick tattoo thing comes. And so we did the whole, like, I mean, imagine, of course, she wants, like, the cool cross, like, right here. Yeah. Right. And so I've got my boyfriend, like, set up in the kitchen. He's, like, holding her arm down. And I'm like, all right, let me line this up. I'm, like, poking her and sticking Wait, what her. is it? What is poking Well, stick? I thought it was a temporary tattoo. <gasps> it's not? Oh, no. I think it could last for, like, 
five years, but it's definitely not a three month situation. It's like microblading. I basically gave my, I microbladed a cross <laughs> into my daughter's wrist. I could oh Did she know when she was just fucking with you? I don't know that little shit. Get her in here. Let's ask oh, her. That. She's upstairs. <laughs> She says oh, she didn't. Whoa! Oh, well, so hey! Nervous. By the way, I feel like I kind of want one because I've like one. Like, <laughs> Jamie, let's order one. I'll do one to you. I love you it. Do, it to me. I do love a cross it. on me. See what will happen with my family. <laughs> my Jewish family. It was like God. The cross is a little crooked. I knew it was going to be like a five-year oh, commitment, not a three-month Wait, so it's legit ink. Surgery. It's legit ink and a needle. Yes. But like, but, but you thought it was just like, I thought the ink was not like permanent ink. Sure. It just went under enough layers. It's going to be a little kit. That's like, you know, kid friendly. How is that that available on Amazon? By the way, I feel like this is like, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, this is like what they're like in jail. Like this is what they they do in jail. They're branding each other. Yeah, for sure. Do you have tattoos? Well, moms, be warned. What is this called again? This is a PSA, a poke and stick something. Don't, if your kid's asking you, say temporary tattoo. It is not. It's not temporary. Liars. Uh, Wait, wait, one question. One question. Do you have tattoos, Tracy? I do, but I'm trying to laser this one off. It's a Keith Haring. You remember the artist Keith Haring? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the heart. Uh, with the two stick figures holding uh-huh. it up. It was like one of his biggest pieces. So when I was yes. 18 years old, I went to San Francisco for the first time and I was at this really fabulous like gay party and I yeah. walked to the top of the stairs and I saw the Keith hair. I saw yeah. it. I saw yeah. this piece. I was like, that's like so cool. <laughs> I went back to LA with my gay bestie and we went to a tattoo parlor in the valley and I tattooed it to my hip. No. And see it? Yeah. Therapy, and so yeah. I've been having the only tattoo I have, and I've been having someone laser it off. Uh, so I'm okay. Like, I'm like my fifth time. I'm just kind of over it. Fair yeah. enough. I got it. Yeah. Jen and okay. I have dainty ones. Anyway, okay. <laughs> well, moving on. Again, fear is a four letter word is out July 14th, but available for pre order. Million dollar listing LA is on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock on Bravo. Tracy, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for just being you and sharing so much. We're such fans of you, and we know our listeners are as well. Um, just thank Thanks. you so much for your time. And thank you for drinking with me. I know. We just have Chardonnay together. You guys don't know it. Yes, that's right. We do. <laughs> and we're going to leave you with a mama said. Remember, mama said. It's not difficult to take care of a child. It's difficult to do anything else while taking care of a child. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Mama Said. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Bakewell. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week.